Hello, I'm Paul. And I'm Wyatt. And this is Father Son 49ers Talk. How are you doing, Wyatt? Good. How about you? Uh, doing good. Are you still upset, crying, uh, you know, on all sorts of turmoil over the the game last week? Yeah, I just, it is what it is now, I guess, right? Yeah, I was actually surprised when we did our podcast because when we were watching the game, you were super emotional. <laughs> not, not even just, you were just oh. like frustrated and angry. I was. And then, like, I was that way until about halfway through the third quarter. Maybe maybe start of the fourth quarter. And then I got to the point where I was like, I'm not even I, – I don't even know what to say anymore. I'm like almost at a loss of words. Yeah, man. It was uh, – let me tell you a trick um, that I learned through the dark ages of the 49ers, which it's weird because we're – we really haven't been that good for that many years, but then we have t- like last ten years we had what five years in the NFC Championship game and two Super Bowl play uh, appearances. That's pretty good, right? Yeah. Anyways, uh, so back when we were like the Jim Tom Sula days, Chip Kelly days, you know that decade where we just didn't win anything, right? Mm-hmm. What I what I came to understand and enjoy is the fact I took solace in the fact that I I enjoyed watching the 49ers so much that I was emotional about watching them. Does that make sense? So let me rephrase it just a little bit different. I, I love the Niners and the fact that I enjoy watching them and I can have those ups and downs um, bring me to the point where it makes the it makes watching games that we lose enjoyable. Not because it's fun to watch me lose, but then at the end I just reflect and I'm like, man, I'm just really grateful that I care enough about this team that I actually enjoy watching them, whether or not we're winning or losing. Um, so it sometimes you just got to learn how to embrace the suck. Right. Yeah. I have not lived those dark ages, but man. And you learned to embrace the suck more than I did with the last game. Yeah. That's for dang sure. I mean, you, you did a little bit because you kind of started watching the Niners at the tail end. Well, really Jim Harbaugh, right? So Yeah. But then we had the what, three years after Jim Harbaugh that we just weren't any good. We had, you know, head coach after head coach, including, I guess, it was really about four years to include the, the year with Jim Harbaugh because that last year really wasn't that great. I mean, it was a, an 8-8 eight eight season or something like that. Yeah. Anyways, so I think people are starting to kind of settle down and kind of look into the actual team, what we're doing, and and what we're trying to achieve. Uh, I think the goals for the season are maybe a little bit different. And so uh, do you know what the key, one of the major keys to a successful relationship is, Wyatt? Uh, Trust. Ooh, trust. Okay, yeah, I like that. That's a buzzword. That's a buzzword. I don't know where you're going with that. I know, right? Well, I'm going to talk to you about the season. It's going to relate to the 49ers. Um, I don't think we've talked about this yet, but one of the keys to a successful relationship is expectations and having established expectations with your significant other. So what happens is, you know, relationships that fail oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes uh, one, one person in the relationship or both parties in the relationship had unrealistic expectations of the other member. So they expected one person to fill certain roles 
and do certain things that the other person didn't know they were supposed to be trying to do or weren't even capable of doing or had no desire to do. So with the 49ers of 2020, what were our expectations going into the season? Uh, ex- my expectations were not to get back to the Super Bowl. I hoped for it. I was not expecting it. I was expecting a playoff berth, you know, wild card minimum, push into a decent spot in the playoffs and maybe make a run at the Super Bowl. So you weren't expecting a dominant revenge tour where we were one of the top teams in the NFL? Maybe not a Super Bowl team yet because that can change um, year to year. You weren't expecting to be dominant? I was hoping. I was not expecting. Mm. I was – the Dolphins, that was infuriating to lose to because it's the Dolphins. But I was not expecting because I've seen so many teams that either won the Super Bowl or lost the Super Bowl, really excluding the Patriots. The Patriots, they don't really have that, like, you know, this year's a little bit different, but before that decade or two decades with Brady where they won, lost Super Bowl, they came back, and you knew they were going to be another good team. Another yeah. dominant team. Other than that, you really you don't see. There's so much that goes into an NFL year. So you're saying you couldn't guarantee that we were going to go into the playoffs and dominate and do that kind of stuff. But were you expecting to be two and two? No, I was almost I was almost guaranteeing a playoff berth, but I was not expecting it to be like a super dominant fashion, maybe. But I was not expecting two and two, especially okay. with the start of that year. The start, I was expecting. So I- Three and one minimum. Would you say it was fair that as a 49ers fan base, as the faithful, that we expected to come in and dominate this year, and even if we didn't make it to the Super Bowl, to be one of the top two, three, four, five teams in the NFL throughout the entire season? Yeah. Yeah, I would say that that's a fair expectation. So, yeah. now, we're four games into the season. Really five games, right? We're five games. Mm-hmm. Do you know? Do you remember what Bill Belichick always said about the first four games of the season? I do not actually. Bill Belichick says the first four games of the season are basically preseason. It's when you, it's when you learn as a team who you are. And so it isn't the first four games that are important. It's the games after that. So what do you do with those four games? You're you're tweaking the team, playing with the team during those. So anyways, so we've seen it. We're past the first four games. We've started to move into it. Um, obviously, we're two and three, right? Two and three. That's what we are. And uh, three. Yeah, two and three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That wasn't your expectation, was it? No, no. Yeah. It just – I'm not going to lie. I, I knew we were three and two, but it really just occurred to me that we are three and two. Two like, and three. Or no, yeah, we're three. three. Wait, we're three and two? Hold on. Let's look this up. So let's go over the game. We're two we and lost, three. We're, we're two, two and three. We lost to the Cardinals. We, we lost beat, the Dolphins. Lost the Dolphins. And we've lost the Eagles. And we lost the Eagles. And we beat the Giants and Jets. Yep. That's really sad. That is sad. Anyways, okay, so what do you think the expectation should be for this year now at this point? The expectation? 
I'm not talking I, about win percentage. So we could talk about win percentage, but what is the goal of the 49ers? So our goal was to make the playoffs and make a, a, a make a Super Bowl run. That was the expectation. So that was what was expected, not something that could be surprised on us, right? But that was expectation. So what do we need mm-hmm. to take from this year? What should be the expectation for this year right now? To hope to get a wild card spot and if you're going to make a run, do it, but not to expect really anything more than a wild card if expecting a wild card. Yeah, I agree. So we need to tone down our expectations as a 49ers fan base just a little bit. I'm not saying that we couldn't make a run. We could. We could potentially put it together um, and really put together an awesome season. Uh, It could happen. But remember, we talked about it already. Some of our major issues are issues that there's no easy solution. Secondary, yeah, we got burnt on our secondary. Did Robert Sala mess it up? Yeah, I think Robert Sala probably did mess it up a little bit, right? I think that the coaching staff all around made some mistakes and we had players in there that we didn't adjust as early as we potentially could have. Um, but, you know, um, I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> I went off on my tangent. I was talking about expectations, right? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. So what I was saying is we were talking about parts that we couldn't uh, things that we couldn't fix easily, like the offensive line. Offensive line is an issue. It is an issue, and there's no easy solution. The players that we have are the players that we have. It's just the way it is. Um, and there's there's other other elements of the game. So the quarterback, what's going on with the quarterback? So I think that this year we, we kind of talked about are we in a rebuilding phase? No, nah, probably not. Are we in a rearming phase? Maybe. I would say that maybe this year we're in an, an evaluation phase. I would agree. We're evaluating Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he our guy? I'll tell you that that decision is probably going to be made this year. So he might be given a chance next year, uh, but that determination of whether or not we go out and pick up a quarterback, that's going to be made this year based off of his performance. Our left and right tackle, right? We're going to be evaluating them. Same with the whole offensive line, to be honest. And then – yeah. Uh, secondary, we got to evaluate who are we going to pay because we got a bunch of free agents, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a whole lot of evaluating going on this year. I mean, there's always evaluating going on, right? But this year is the year we were expecting to be huge. And now it could, we have to tamper that down and go into figure out is Jimmy G our guy? I believe he is, but. That's still something we have to figure out whether left, right tackle, McGlinchey and Williams are guys. I mean, really, we just everyone, the wide receiver core, is KB that third guy or not? Uh, he's, he's not the third guy. He's not. Um, he, he shows spurts where you like, yes, I like it. And then he has games like he did last time where it's like, no. Yeah, needs to be a depth piece and that's it he is a good player and he's a wide receiver i think you want to have on the squad but he's not the number three guy i I think that we need to find someone else we need to find some depth pieces and he is a depth piece but i i think he's more of a four and five than we really want as our number three i don't know he he plays like you said as a number three sometimes sometimes he doesn't yeah as i'm saying he has the potential to be i think i just don't know if he's ever going to be there yeah. 
I want to I want to talk about one thing. I was here I was listening to another podcast, and they were talking about placing blame, right? Placing blame on what happened last week. So there's a lot of blame to go around. You could blame the players. You could blame Allen. Um, I don't blame Allen, our cornerback. I don't blame him at all. Mm-hmm. He is who he is. I mean, he's not a starting NFL cornerback. He's just Corner. not. And uh, we found that out, right? And he was vulnerable, and the defense didn't adjust. They didn't. They didn't put anybody over the top to help him. They just put him out on the uh, out there all by himself and said, "Survive or don't." And he didn't. And then they didn't adjust. So that's that's on coaching. Yeah. Some people, uh, there's a lot of blame going to the defense, and then but I heard somebody kick back and say, "No, it was the offense's fault. They didn't perform." They didn't perform. It was the offense's fault and that the defense played well. I will say that the defense played well, and for the most part, like our defensive line are, are, uh, played well, our linebackers played well, that kind of stuff. But what's your opinion now that you've had time to kind of think about it and look at kind of what happened? Who do you think is more to blame? Do you think it's the coaching staff? Do you think that it's, it's the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. So really what I'm getting at is the offensive or defensive side of the ball that's more to blame. Yeah, no. I get what you're saying. That's an interesting question. because, And I say that because I thought going into the game that we were going to need our offense that was going to have players come back. I mean, Debo is back. He was back last week, but he was back this week. He had a game to get ready. We had Kill coming back. We have Ayuk. We had Mostard. Garoppolo, we had our guys out there. Mm-hmm. And then defense, we knew going in that our defense and our secondary and our defensive line are both banged up. So I thought going into this, we need to give – we need our offense to carry us through this game. And then our offense did not. They had multiple three and outs. The turnovers, Jimmy Garoppolo did not look good for whatever reason, but he did not look good nonetheless. Mm-hmm. So having a hurt defense that is constantly out on the field, I don't really know what you expect them to do. I don't think they played good, but I don't think they played as bad as the numbers said they did. But they were constantly out there, and they were beat up, and we knew that going into the game. That's interesting. I really I like that take. So you're saying that the offense just didn't perform the way that we expected him to. Jimmy Garoppolo did not look like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think we have a large enough sample size of Jimmy Garoppolo to realize that that's not who he is. Um, there was just regular throws that you could make that he wasn't, he couldn't make. Something was wrong. Something really was. I disagree, though. I, I don't think it was the offense. I think more blame is on the defense. Now, offense contributed. This was a team loss. This wasn't a one unit. This was a complete breakdown of the 49ers from the coaching staff to the practice squad. It's, Practice squad, because I say we brought up a practice squad player, right? But to special teams, I mean, every single point and every single stage of the game, we had mistakes and we had breakdowns in discipline. But yeah, I'll say this, that what is the 49ers' strength at offense? What is their strongest element and how do they keep their offensive, their offensive strength moving forward? I say the strength of the offense is our run game. Exactly. So what happens when your defense can't stop anybody and they just constantly have touchdown after touchdown after touchdown? You give the ball off, you take time off the clock. You control time of possession in the game by letting Mostert, McKinnon, 
let those two eat, let them go to town, mm-hmm. you know? And if you're going to pass, do a lot more shorter passes through that type, that type of game with what Garoppolo is doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you saw he couldn't push the ball downfield. He could not in this game. He was missing throws. I mean, if it, even if it's just by foot enough that where KB's having to plant his foot on, try to come back to a ball, getting hit as he caught it on an easy 10 yard in for a first down over the middle field. First down with the chains. Grapple misses him by a foot and a half, two feet, and side towards the defender. Incomplete pass. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to really place blame. And the more I talk about this, the more I convince myself that it was neither the offense or the defense. Uh, to me, so you know, when you when your offense, your defense can't stop anybody, and they continue, you can continually get scored on until you put in Witherspoon, that's a whole other story. Did you hear about the whole Witherspoon thing? Getting called out by Whitner? No, what happened? So Witherspoon got called out for being soft. Um, I guess he told – the he was supposed to play, and then he had a hamstring issue. And the day of the game, and he said – or the night before the game, whatever it was, and he told him, no, you know, I'm here for backup. I'll dress, but I I really don't think I should go out and play. Uh, which was a surprise to the staff, and that's why Allen was playing. And then after halftime, Whitner came. Uh, Whitner came out and said, "Hey, coach, I can go in and play." And then that's when he came in, and that's when we started making our stops defensively, right? But it was too far out of control at that point. I'm not going to say. Uh, I really liked Shanahan's answer. He was he was questioned about it. Uh, not Whitner, sorry, Witherspoon. I said Whitner the whole time. Sorry about that. Whitner's the one who called Witherspoon out. Holy cow, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm being, I'm being uh, a little slow today, apparently, I guess. It was a long day of work. Anyway, so Witherspoon. Uh, Witherspoon had the hamstring issue, and he came out after halftime and said, hey, I, I can get in and play. And um, so then they did that. But Shanahan was asked about it, about the confrontation. Um, and he said, I'm going to take the word of my player. You know, my, my player tells me that he's hurt and that he's he's tight i'm gonna take his word i can't do anything but that and i i understand that you know i think that there's a difference between something like that and then jimmy garoppolo where jimmy garoppolo said that he was good to go right and then he goes out and he's clearly not good to go sometimes the coaches got to protect the players from themselves and not let jimmy go out there and embarrass himself like that and not be able to protect himself that potentially yeah. was an issue. Um, it's hard to say if that's what really happened, but that's what it looked like. Sometimes the players got the coaches got to protect the players, but in a case like that, in reverse, where a player's telling you, "I have tightness," um, I completely understand just saying, "Okay, copy," and then moving on. And then you know you could see it's hard to say. I mean, calling him soft because he came out at halftime saying, "I, I think I can go." It doesn't necessarily have to be that he was wrong about being tight, but just that he there could be some empathy there, realizing that this this man in there in that game is outmatched, and he's going to have to continue to play in this role and be embarrassed and beat on if I don't go out and do something. So maybe maybe Witherspoon actually stepped up and put himself in a little more risk than what he necessarily needed to be, because he had empathy for the player that was on the field uh, in trouble. I don't know. It's hard to say. Mm-hmm. I 100% understand the a player coming to you saying, I am tight. I do not feel good to go for this game. And if I'm the coach, I'm taking the word of my player. Because, I mean, 
in, in the end, no one knows if you're ready to play better than you. Yep. N- no one else feels your body. Mm. Yeah, so that was a weird deal, right? That was weird. That was a weird deal. But anyways, so placing blame, um, and we'll get past this here in a second, placing blame. Um, the more I think about it, the more it's complimentary football at its worst. So the offense couldn't get into its role because they were so f- so busy being put on their heels by the speed of which the other team was scoring. But then vice versa, the defense really did play a pretty decent game, ex- excluding the cornerbacks. The offense wasn't helping them because they had the turnovers, right, which then allowed the score to go even higher. Uh, so it was just co- complimentary football at its worst for sure. Um, anyway, so to me, I think it's it's more on the coaches than it is on either offense or defense. Yeah, that's also an interesting take on that. I, I, I see where you're coming from, though. I see where you're coming from there. And the more and the more I think about it, and I hear you talking about it, and I hear myself talking about it, I agree that it was just – it's so hard to put – nobody did what they were supposed to. Well, most did. He had a decent game. You know, like 15 for 98 or something. That's solid. Running behind the line that couldn't block anything. Mm-hmm. So I was I rewatched the game, the condensed version of the game, and I saw that Mostert was the kind of the guy out there that I saw doing his thing and falling out. Yeah, Mostert was was playing awesome. So there was some bright points, and we talked about those a little bit. Mostert played really well. Ayuk looked, uh, you know, he he had some catches. Um, in general, there there were some things out there. Again, the defensive line and and linebackers played well. I didn't have any complaints there. Anyways, so we want to do this segment, and that's what this whole podcast is about, even though we kind of went off on a tangent before we got to it, right? Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this podcast called State of the Faithful, and that's where we go in and we kind of look at what some of the fans are saying about the 49ers and kind of you know, either you know, throw our support to, yeah, I, I kind of see where they're coming from there, or maybe, hey, pump the brakes just a little bit. We don't need to – we don't need to go pick up Dwayne Haskins to uh, replace Jimmy Garoppolo. Maybe that's a, a step too far, right? Yeah. Or is it? Agreed. No, it 100% is. No. <laughs> Dwayne okay. Haskins has looked bad. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Haskins has looked bad. Okay, so here, uh, here's some posts that I saw um, about the whole 49ers after the game. Uh, one one of the posts that I read said, uh, this isn't a Jimmy problem. This is an overall team problem. We failing at all positions. What do you think? You buy that? This game? Just in general, yeah. I mean, this game. But it's more about the 49ers in general, not necessarily this yeah. game. I would agree. Because Jimmy prior to this week had looked decent. He looked good. I mean, and he so- hadn't looked like. Patrick Mahomes type thing, but he looked like a guy that's going to go out and can win. You can win games with him. And then this week came and he did not look like that guy. Yeah. Absolutely. Prior to this week, Jimmy had looked good. So I would agree with that statement. Okay. Good. I like that. Okay. So Ooh. then oh, go ahead. You, you go ahead. This isn't really state of faithful, but as I scroll through, I see that Emmanuel Mosley has, returned back to practice but he is wearing a blue no contact jersey a blue no contact jersey but that is good sign seeing him out running around it's a db that we need back 
Yeah, and he was in he was in a really precarious situation because he had that that you know concussion, but it was like two weeks that he was in stage one of the concussion protocol, which is really dangerous. That's a dangerous part to be in. So it was really kind of scary that it was taking him so long to kind of recover. Yeah. For sure. Okay, here's another one. I like this one. Uh, straight up Jimmy G for Alex Smith and a second round pick. Let's make it happen. What do you think? Would you do it? Repeat that trade again. So straight up, you trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Alex Smith and a second round pick. No. No? No. Uh, okay. No. Yeah. I I mean, I love it's very heartwarming. Like it it made my day better seeing Alex Smith out there throwing passes. The brutally honest and truly brutally honest truth is Alex Smith did not look good. He did not look good out there. Yeah, I agree. What about picking up Dwayne Haskins? No, he's I mean, he's still on the roster, but he could get cut. Who knows? I don't like it. I say we I say we stick with our quarterback room. I don't want to see Dwayne Haskins on a room either. I mean. The rumor going around is that he has terrible studying habits and they just keep getting worse. I don't want yeah. to. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, Dwayne Haskins. Go ahead. You, you send me. Send it. I could see us going 10, 10 and 6 this season. That would be somewhat disappointing, but a good season nonetheless. I think if – I think we're excited if we go 10 and six, I don't think that's disappointing. I think that's, you know, you rejoice at that. Um, right now, disappointing to me is eight and eight. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, ooh, I'm happy with 10 and six, nine and seven. I'm, I, I'm disappointed with nine and seven. I, 10 and six is where I think we should be with minimum. Nine and seven is kind of where I expect us to land. I really, I want to see ten and six, but I can see nine and seven happening. But I would think I would be slightly disappointed with nine and seven. Mm. Yeah, I think it's more likely that nine and seven happens, though. Ooh, yeah, nine and seven. Yeah, I don't know. Eight and eight may not be out of the question. I hate to say it. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm really not. But we got to be realistic about where we're at. And right now, we're not playing like a team better than 8-8. Eight and eight. We're not. Yeah, 100%. Okay, here's this one, Wyatt. For all those who are in favor of Jimmy Garoppolo remaining the QB, tell me, what's the excuse today for the bad performance? I mean, I hate making excuses because I feel like that's all we've done this mm-hmm. year has been excuses for why we've lost. But just Jimmy G, if we're going to make excuses, I mean, I think the obvious excuse is he's battling an injury and wasn't ready to come back. Mm, but was Which, he battling an injury? He was healthy before. That's he, what I'm saying. Yeah. Maybe that's not true. But if I have to make any excuse, that's the excuse I'm going to make for him. Mm, okay. I'm down with it, yeah. I mean, so I Ford's agree with you. line was terrible. I agree with you. I agree that he definitely was not ready to come back in the game. So he had a high ankle sprain and he was out for a couple of weeks. I mean, come on. Sometimes people miss four or five, six weeks with those. I mean, look, it's the same injury 
Thomas had from the Saints. He's played one game, and he, it was in the game that he sprained his ankle, and he missed four weeks. He was supposed to come back last week. He didn't come back last week because he got into a fight, not because of his injury. But he was out four weeks. Jimmy wasn't out four weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, are we just cursed this year or what? So, one of the funniest things that I saw was uh, it was a meme. And it had a Browns fan. And uh, it said, like, we'll have a winning season when the world comes to an end. And the Browns fan's on the table or on his, on his couch. And they're four and one. And he's looking out the window and COVID's out the window. And then he looks back and he goes, I'm okay with it. so are we cursed uh i don't know man i don't know maybe we might be that might be the explanation to all of this oh this is the worst one this is the worst one it makes me it makes my heart hurt a lot um every time Every time I see Russell Wilson, I think back to how we drafted A.J. Jenkins instead. Yes. Just yes. That's all I have to say to that. Yep. Yeah, that was a good that was a good one. Oh man. Yeah, that's here's that's, this one. Go ahead. This is an interesting one. Unpop unpopular opinion. Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential to be one of the best. Yeah, I agree with that. I think he does. I really do. I think that uh, I I don't remember who it was that I heard talking about it, but they they had a really good way of saying it that like in Jimmy's best days he has the potential to be top ten, uh, maybe better, but on his on his worst days he has potential to be in the twenties. You know what I mean? He has a like a bottom tier starting quarterback, and we've seen that. That's hard to dispute right now. Um, I don't know. He needs to be more consistent with the way he performs. Um, I, I do believe that he plays really well for stretches. Uh, he's got to put it together for longer periods of time. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, treat yourself. Oh, that's a different one. Garoppolo, Jimmy G, my QB. I like that. Yeah. Anyways, so that's this is kind of funny. Go ahead. It's a picture with the two Spider-Man characters pointing at each other and he goes, 2017 49ers, 49ers today. Like same thing. Oh yeah. So this is a little bit crazy and I can't find where I saw, but I have heard people calling for John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan to be fired. I've seen it. What? Yeah. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. uh, No. Yeah, absolutely not. Right. I mean, what okay, let's entertain it. What's the argument to getting rid of John Lynch? Or is okay, well hold on. Kyle Shanahan. Is there an argument to get rid of Kyle Shanahan right now? No. I mean maybe, but no. Okay, so Kyle Shanahan has lost leads in the Super Bowl twice. Yeah. Uh, he gets he has this he has this offensive vision of a a fast um, stretching offense where uh, with creative plays with players like Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, um, you know, use check, all of these versatile players, George Kittle. But then when we get into 
a fight where we have to come back from behind or whatever it is, he gets conservative and starts running up the middle and stops running um, these creative plays with these, these explosive players. So he limits himself sometimes. Um, and he, at least in this season, is no longer scheming players open, wide receivers, to the same success level as he has previously. Okay. And he potentially lost the locker room and lost control of the team. And the argument for why one of the, one of the arguments of the reasons the Niners is going to be so good is because we had the continuity and coaching staff and players that other teams didn't have. And obviously that advantage was mismanaged over the off season. So is that an argument to remove Jimmy, uh, to remove Kyle Shanahan? I mean, maybe. When you read all out like that, maybe. I think that's the wrong decision. Okay. So you Every argue. Asset of being a wrong decision, but. So you argue in favor of him. No, but give me the argument. <laughs> oh. Okay. That makes sense. Um, he runs an offense that he has his problems when we're down, but he runs a very explosive offense that mo- marches down the field, takes time off the clock. He led us to a Super Bowl one year back when we had a healthy team. Right now he is battling through injury all over the place. His defense is not playing like the elite defense that they put the draft capital, the money into. They put a lot into that defense. And it is not playing to the standards that it should because of injury. But nonetheless, I mean – did I mention he just took us to a Super Bowl? <laughs> I think that's a I think it's a pretty good argument. That's pretty solid. And the truth is, is that Kyle Shanahan is one of the greatest offensive minds. And while he has some limitations as a coach, right? He's still a young coach and he's gonna grow and develop over time. But right now, you gotta think that him turning the team around in the fashion that he did. Um, and finding the talents in the places that he's been able to do it. Now, that's also John Lynch. Um, yeah, you just got to stay with Kyle Shanahan. Who are you going to hire that's better than Shanahan? Who are you going to hire? So and that's where I think the people that are calling for Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch to be fired, I think a lot of them are the people that are like, wait, who's the GM? Who's the coach? Right? And then – they're like, oh, well, if they're playing that bad, then those guys must be released, you know? So I think that's part of it. Yeah, I agree. Um, so then John Lynch. What about John Lynch, man? That's an, there's an argument for it, yes. Mm-hmm. I would say there is an argument for it. I would say he would be more likely to lose his job. Yeah, what about DeForest Buckner? Is DeForest Buckner an argument for it? Like him trading DeForest Buckner? Yeah. Uh, I hated the trade at first, but the more the more the trade has continued on, the more I understand why. Hey, turn your camera on so I can okay. see you. We're done looking at the posts. That's facts. We're just you're editing this out, right? Yeah. Nope, it's going to stay on there. I'm done editing. That's one of the reasons why we failed to get some podcasts out. We recorded some podcasts. We didn't get them out because I was busy editing them. So, not doing it. We're just going to post it. Anyways, 
Uh, yeah, so Kyle Shanahan or John Lynch. Yeah, I think that you're right that if we're going to lose one, it's going to be John Lynch. Um, but let me go into the, let me go into that Debo trade real fast. Okay, go. So the more I think Debo. about it, the more I understand. You mean DeForest or, Buckner? Yeah, Debuck. Yeah. Oh, Debuck. Debuck. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Debuck. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I hate it at first, but it's grown on me because we have Javon Kinlaw, which is showing that he is not as good as DeForest Buckner, but he has the talent to be. And we would have had to pay DeForest Buckner big money, as we saw the Colts do. And I don't think we're in a position to do that. Yeah, I, I don't think that it was the wrong move. I think it was probably the right move in general. But it's just unfortunate that it's coming with a down, at least first quarter of the season. So that's the part that's kind of stinky, and that's one of the reasons why they're taking a lot of criticism over it. It's just because the team just hasn't been playing that well, just in general. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, definitely. Well, Wyatt, do you have anything else you would like to talk about? Any random thoughts? Should we trade for Le'Veon Bell? Or we don't have to trade for him anymore. We're going to sign no. him. I mean, he's – no. Running back's not where we need to put money. Yeah, Oof. I agree. I agree. Do you think that we're going to turn around, Wyatt, for this year? I hope so. I, ex- I expect us not – I expect us to do better than this, but I – depends what you – what do you call turn it around? Not Is turn it around nine and seven? Sure, let's say nine and seven. Then yeah, I expect us to turn it around. Okay, but if if you're saying like eleven and five, no. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm totally down with that. So I think uh, I'm going to trust the Shannon plan, um, and I'm just going to let him move forward. So I love the 49ers. I love this team. I love watching the 49ers, and I love watching the game with you. Um, this yeah. podcast. Uh, so. This podcast and the 49ers have, have really kind of worked for us um, in ways that is kind of kind of magical, really, because, I mean, you live in Iowa, and I've lived all over the world throughout your life. and uh, Literally. Yeah, I mean, one of the – we've had rough patches as far as, like, especially when you're younger, you know, it's kind of hard to talk to a younger kid about – life and things that are happening because well i mean their life's really controlled but with the san francisco 49ers that was like something that we were able to always just latch on and talk about you know we've always we've always had that passion and that's why we started the podcast is as a connection between me and you it's we were already talking about it and why not just talk about it out loud in front of everyone so right yeah, and uh, you know why? That's that's one of the things that as you're watching the Niners and they're not playing well, just realize what the Niners have done for us as a family and as a father-son, yeah. you know. And, and it doesn't really matter if the Niners go out and they win every week or they're the best team in the NFL. Uh, without the Niners, um, we would have a different dynamic within our relationship. So I'm truly grateful to the 49ers, San Francisco 49ers, for what they've done for us. Yeah. I mean, 
when Monday rolls around, I find myself looking forward to Sunday, not just because I could watch 49ers, but because we sit there, watch the whole Niners game. Most of the time, we sit there and just FaceTime watch football all day. Yeah, all day. Football day together. Yeah. And then we get together. We sit there and FaceTime watching football. And then we podcast about it. Yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I, I drink, I drink Mon- my – oh, go ahead. When Monday rolls around, I look my, I look. I find myself looking forward to Sunday all over again. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm super glad that we were able to do this this year uh, because I wasn't deployed. Um, I'll be deployed for part of next year, but I think that we are setting up a system. We're going to be able to continue this throughout the deployment um, during part of it. I won't be deployed during all of it. I'll be back in October. So ish, October ish. Uh, So, you know, but we, we were kind of pre-gaming for that. So we can kind of do that. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Wyatt, uh, I love you, bud. Love you, bud.